welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hey, Pat. How's it going? It's going good. Just uh, waking up to a perfectly timed morning with zero things going wrong and smooth and <laughs> <laughs> sailing smooth and flying right uh, with bright zero and early. issues. Yeah, bright and early. 2 p.m. I can't yeah, I can't believe we're. I was gonna lie. I was like, I can't believe we're recording this at eight a.m. Kath. No, no, but guys, it is I two in like the afternoon. I feel like we did. Didn't we do one like really early at some point? I feel like we like went into the studio once at like nine thirty in the morning. Yeah, and we were and, both and, like, this yeah, is crazy. Yeah, this is so dumb. This is not why we are even pursuing this career field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we first started, and we were recording at our, our friend Ethan and Donna's house, and. Uh, yeah, we did it Saturday mornings, which none of us had the foresight to be like, oh, this is a dumb yeah. time. This is a dumb time for us to start recording, particularly. All, all four of us, like no none of us are morning people, especially yeah. weekend morning people. Like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. an interesting uh situation. But no, I think I, 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 I did miss yeah, we're here now. I, I, I think I did miss one episode because I just like I was what Adam Rabick did. It just ended up being you two. It's like the one episode that I'm not on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. But yeah, uh, having a good time here. Um, it is uh, shout out, shout out to to me uh, and Kath, our friend Jake Rowe, my my son that I gave birth to twenty six years ago. Um, <laughs> it's turning twenty six today, so it's his birthday. And so uh, shout out, to, shout out to Jake Rowe. He's on Twitter at Jake Rowe. Hit the dude up. We're recording in his room, and that's part of the reason why I'm shouting him out is for rent of the room. So <laughs> that's the price. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have to that's, pay. That's the price you gotta pay. I, I, I used to have this roommate, and he uh, not even a roommate. I lived in these weird apartments that I built with this one guy. Is an, another white rapper. And one time I asked him, I get a ride to the store. He's like, Yeah, no doubt. I was like, Cool. I'll throw you twenty bucks, or I'll throw you money for gas. And he was like, No, no worries about it. We got it. He's like, Yeah, just share my SoundCloud link on your Twitter. And I was like, God, ah, not like, worth it. Yeah, not I, worth I the just, ride. Absolutely not. <laughs> I should just open the door and just dove out like in the traffic and shit. Yeah, no, I'd rather get an Uber. Like, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. you can just let me out here. Though. Yeah, and then, so I told him I would. And then he, I got another ride from the future. He goes, same thing. You guys got to share my link, but actually share it this time. <laughs> and I still never did it. So Of course not. No, yeah, that's of course, no. absolutely unreasonable. I'm I'm a white rapper and I barely respect myself. I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give this guy respect. No, no, no thanks. Is someone but, like uh, mowing the lawn over there? Like what is that noise? Do you hear that? No. I I, I turned off the AC and Oh, I think it was the AC. I think it was the AC. I was like, it oh, sounds okay. like someone's like shaving behind you or something. Like I couldn't oh. figure out what it was. <laughs> like, what is going no, on? Man, I, I yeah, I do live in a much noisier neighborhood these days. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> out of Hyde Park. I'm, I'm on Riverside and there. If you want to just close your eyes and suck in the symphony of the city, <laughs> you can do it here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I oh. mean, I we on a past episode, I left in the dog barking uh, during yeah. like half of it. So I look, we're both in noisy places. It's it's yeah, all yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, uh, I feel like things are less noisy because people aren't allowed to go outside, and everyone is just kind of like stuck looking at the internet all day. So it's a little yeah, yeah. little quieter. Um, little, yeah, a little quieter, a little, uh, it, 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 yeah, everybody's got a lot more free time, so you're going to hear devices, you're going to hear things buzzing, beeping, that's just what we do, it's how we fill our time. <laughs> well, this was my attempt at a segue, because uh, this story that we're talking about today is about someone who had way too much free time on the internet, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> decided to uh, 
to put some of that time to nefarious uses, um, but very creative ones, uh, inventing uh, a whole new character uh, for the internet to enjoy. Uh, today we're going to be talking about sciencing underscore by. Now, I know Pat knows about this because we tried to record this episode a few days ago and uh <laughs> it did we did not record it correctly and so now yeah. we're redoing it but uh I, I made i made it my point what i did was i i got uh i did get super shit faced and forgot everything that we talked about so all the reactions you hear are going to be 100 percent genuine and first Perfect. time hearing them yes that's what i was that's what i was expecting because we recorded it on a friday during the day so i was like okay pat will probably just get really drunk later and forget <laughs> i just completely forget it. yeah i swear there was like a three second period where you were doing the segue and I was like, oh shit, what are we talking about again? Okay, good. <laughs> so, Perfect. Yeah. I am I have a blank slate, Kath. So awesome. you can just Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, sciencing by I some people listening probably at least had this come across their Twitter timelines, but uh it was like kind of an involved story. So unless you were like a, a person who is obsessed with uh scammers like we are you might not have uh, learned all of the details so this is going to be a rundown of something you may have seen so yeah sciencing by uh my research about this came from a bunch of different places um buzzfeed new york times inside higher ed uh chronicle of higher education they all wrote articles about this um so I, i'm pulling from like a bunch of different places but uh, the New York Times article starts, whoever was tweeting from sciencing underscore by, she had a corner of the scientific community's attention. She claimed to be a bisexual geologist or paleontologist of Native American descent. She frequently tweeted about sexual harassment and diversity in science, making connections online with other advocates. So there is like a corner of science Twitter that is like very like woke, very social justice oriented. Um, yeah. Especially, I think, because the sciences, like, the STEM fields are so male-dominated. There are a lot of people who are very into, like, advocacy for uh, women and people of other marginalized identities in the sciences. Because they're very white, they're very male, uh, yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, I actually, a few days before Sciencing By, I had I learned a little bit about the science Twitter community. They are a spirited bunch, uh, for sure. <laughs> the, yeah, I think it's like every like when you when you go into like certain like certain spheres of Twitter, and uh, like it you, it's it's like we have like comedy Twitters that we pay attention to. It's all kind of the same thing. Like it's it's the same. Like you have your reactionaries and your provocateurs, and it's just like it's just different different words and phrases being used. <laughs> That is exactly the case. So the, the, a perfect example of this is the way that I learned about science Twitter a few days before the Science by saga, which was there was a thread going around on science Twitter asking scientists, what do you think is the most overrated animal? And this one guy was like, man, fuck this specific type of worm. I'm sick of them. <laughs> Everyone is... Apparently, this type of worm is, like, a very common research subject. So he was just yeah. like, I'm so... They're so boring. They don't do anything. They suck. <laughs> they're overrated. I hate this worm. This worm sucks. And... Yeah. Like hundreds of people just attacked him for <laughs> expressing this opinion about this worm. And yeah. apparently he was um like the editor of a a science journal and people were like if you hate this worm you should not have this job because oh, okay. you are biased <laughs> against our worm research 
and how dare you? <laughs> yeah, that specific worm Twitter came for him. There. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And it, I was like, just like, this is like everything else. Like, it's just, just the only yeah. difference is it's about worms. Like, that's it. Yeah. I can, wh- what do you think is the most overrated animal, Kath? That's a really good question. I mean, I gotta think about it. I, like, yeah. I think monkeys are kind of gross, honestly. Like I get why yeah. I get why they're a big deal because they are like incredibly intelligent and they are our closest uh, relative, yeah. but they're kind of gross. I don't know. I'm not like yeah, big they, into monkeys. Well, nobody nobody talks about how like you can't own one without just having like I would imagine human shaped piles of shit all over your <laughs> like you know like they're gonna shit like a person, but they're gonna shit person sized shits. Yes. With the with with the carelessness of a toddler. So yes. You get, like a, you get a grown up shit with a baby's you know throw caution to the wind mentality. And that's nothing I want to live with. Uh, yeah. I don't know what animals overrated, but I do know that, uh, I, li- I like, I don't like raccoons. Like, I mean, I like them. Like they're, they're, they're cute, but like the raccoons trip me out because you have to respect them because of what they're capable of. Yeah. And that's, that's a little, that's a little unsettling. So I would say, uh, if you could take the, the, the wind out of raccoon sails for a little bit, I'd be into that. <laughs> Not saying they're overrated, but say maybe take them down a peg or two. Cause I think they're going to make a run at us. Pat, is your AC still on? No, I, I turned it off. I have, okay. uh, I have I keep, nothing going on here. I keep hearing like a vibration or something. It might it might just be interference over the phone. It's yeah, um, it's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, like when I take my headphones off, I don't hear anything in here. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, no problem. Oh, wait, is that is there water running? That's not what I'm hearing. What's that? That's not what I'm hearing. Okay, yeah. That, that, I am on Bluetooth headphones. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's like a, a static or something on there. On, yeah, on there? it's it's not a big deal. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be in the recording. It's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the headphones off of here. I, don't, I, don't, I hear nothing. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Three, two, one. Uh, so the anonymous account, Sciencing underscore by, was an active participant in the corner of science Twitter that frequently discusses issues of sexual misconduct in the sciences. As I said. Um, so there's like a little bit of biographical information that this person uh, put out about themselves, but they were intentionally using a pseudonym, which a lot of people on this part of Twitter would do because they were academics looking to get published. And since they were talking about things like, you know, holding powerful people accountable and stuff, they didn't necessarily want to use their real names. So, yeah. Um, so she gave a little bit of info about herself. She said she grew up in Alabama. Um, she said at one point that she had fled the South uh, because of the oppression of queer folk in the South, which uh, Pat and I noted seems kind of suspicious because like everywhere is very homophobic. Like the South is not like, yeah. like oh, I fled the South because they're homophobic is like kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then I moved to yeah, the, the, the magical land of the, the you know, the, the Great Plains. <laughs> it's right. Like, where, yeah, you're not you're not going to outrun that machine, you know? Right. Uh, Unless you move to a big city. And even then, like, you can move to a big city in the South and it's fine. Like, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she said she went to Catholic school as a kid. um, And then the account started in 2016. So it was about four years old. But um, earlier this year, like January, February 2020, um, it began to explicitly identify as Hopi. So a Native American person of uh, the Hopi tribe. Yeah, which, which I, I, I get. There's a whole slew of reasons that a, a Hopi woman could be living in the South, but that's also that's a desert Southwest, like southwestern United States tribe. It just yeah, that is kind of yeah. You know, it like would be not, 
it, it would be unlikely that a Hopi woman would be living in Alabama. Not impossible, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. especially somebody who is like a registered with the tribe, like has yeah. you know not somebody who's just like oh I'm I'm part Native American or whatever, but like I'm a Hopi Indian. I'm yeah. born and raised in Alabama. Like unusual. <laughs> I'll say that how, unusual. How, how how deep does the um the I'm white, but I I, I say I'm I'm Native American thing run like in new hampshire and growing up was that as prevalent down in texas you can't you can't throw a damn lone star can without hitting some guy they'll tell you he's a quarter cherokee and like, oh yeah I, does that does that does that carry out and because it feels like if there's a state up north where you might see that it might be new hampshire definitely it was definitely a thing in new hampshire um yeah <laughs> which is i think it's a thing everywhere but it's especially funny when it's in a place like new hampshire which has i don't think any indian reservations uh, yeah, or like, like indigenous very communities. early settled by white people and like exterminated all of the native people there. Like there yeah. are <laughs> so the the Indians in uh, New Hampshire are like Algonquins and Abenaki Indians, and like there definitely yeah. are some left, but like very very unlikely that a random white person would be like, yes, I can trace my ancestry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I we talked about it before with the Elizabeth Warren thing, but like it's so funny to me that the right is dragging Elizabeth Warren for lying and saying she's Native American when I growing up like even before that debate came into like the front and center, that felt like in my like stereotype of like of like far right people or whatever that felt more of a th- like like oh yeah they all think they're Native Americans I swear in the nineties like you couldn't get two white dudes talking without like 30, 30 seconds of the conversation I'm like well you know yeah I'm, I'm part Cherokee or, you know yeah. I'm on this and that and, like and it's just kind of funny that they like like when Elizabeth Warren did that like the right like backed away from that like bitch okay you take all your dream catchers out of your rearview mirrors come right. on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's like a very that's like a very like truck stop purchase is like faux Native American stuff where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, yeah. I'm one sixteenth, whatever. <laughs> Look at this shit. It's, it's an airbrush. It's a wolf, right? Get that? Because it's like real important to my culture. <laughs> so this account, um, like I said, it was created in October of 2016. Um, and right from the beginning, it was frequently uh, socially tied to this woman, Beth Ann McLaughlin. So Beth Ann McLaughlin, um, she was uh, an advocate um who first began to make waves among those concerned about sexual harassment in the sciences in May 2018. So she is uh, the originator of this petition that went out in the spring of 2018 uh, calling for the National Academy of Sciences to revoke the membership of members who had been pu- punished for uh, like sexual misconduct. Um, yeah. She is, or was, she no longer is, which we'll talk about, but she was a... Um, neuroscience researcher at Vanderbilt University. So she is a scientist. Um, yeah. But Vanderbilt, she... Where's, where's Vanderbilt based out of? What's... It's in the South. It's... Uh, it's okay, okay. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly where. I want to say maybe Tennessee. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, I think we've been saying this, but one, one of my biggest blind spots in, in, is like academia. Like, there's just so much I don't know about it. So like Vanderbilt, like I, I just, I can imagine that literally in all 50 states. I'm like, I yeah. could probably be there. <laughs> or it could be there. <laughs> it's in, it's in Tennessee. Uh, it's okay. in Nashville. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty competitive school. So it's like yeah, really, pretty yeah, prestigious it, that she would be a teach a teacher there. Yeah, it, you know, it sounds pretty, like, like Vanderbilt. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, like, I, oh, I'll, that's I'll a rich it. person name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, so she initially sort of uh, be rose to prominence with this petition. Um, 
she then a few months later uh, started this website called Me Too STEM with a colleague. So again, like sort of in response to the Me Too movement, um, specifically focusing on sexual misconduct within the STEM fields, uh, which is... God, sciences, technology, yeah. engineering, and math—that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you, you like, like you, you want to like. Obviously, you, 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 you want to have this like idea that like you know, uh, academics and studious types are like you know, it's about above things or enlightened. But like, I've heard stories like flying out of like you know, the college and like university with like universe the world that like yeah it's just like it's just the same thing you might see in like a a boardroom but they're just nerds like they're just you know oh yeah it's the same still a boys club yeah it's the same abuses of power it's the same especially in the stem fields which are like very male dominated um it can be a very hostile place to women so like this is all this is all good stuff. Like this all sounds yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember um, being a kid and watching this thing, this the fucking it was a, a documentary about like how the the Egyptians built the pyramids and they were like speculating on all these construction methods. And I was like ten, and there was three scientists out there uh, using this little creek to, to illustrate their theories on how they move these blocks up and down the Nile. And I remember there was uh, there was a female scientist and she started saying her theory, and they all just like started shooting her down. And I was, oh. I was, like, 10 years, yeah, I was like ten years old. I was like they're not even letting her talk you know? like, like that's, and, yeah I, I i don't know what show that was or was out there but if you're listening ma'am i salute you so. <laughs> yeah that that all tracks that sounds about right yeah, um, yeah, yeah so she started this website me too stem which was like mostly um people could post like anonymous stories about like the sort of obstacles and harassment they suffered as women in these fields um she also became very well known around this time um for starting a campaign for the website ratemyprofessor.com to drop one of their uh ratings so ratemyprofessor.com i don't it doesn't really exist anymore i don't think but uh when i was going into college it was where you would go to look at like student reviews of various professors to see you know who which classes are easy like who's a good teacher yeah. who you know that kind of stuff and yeah I, re- I remember hearing about it outside like having not gone to school i still heard about it so it was pretty prominent i know that like yeah and one of the things that you could rate like it was a lot of stuff just like out of 10 or five stars or whatever but one of the things you could rate was hot and if you rated hot if enough people clicked the hot button the professor would get a little chili pepper next to their name and <laughs> It was kind of unclear whether this was supposed to mean physical attractiveness or some other, you know, like in demand or cool or whatever. But like it basically came to mean who was hot. And yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I mean, just like like, like like a wall of thumbnails, just professors' names, and like, you have like a couple of them, like with like the little hot peppers next to them. And I'm, I bet, yeah, I bet it was attractive professors. However, that'd be tight if it was just uh, uh, professors who could eat really hot chili peppers. And it was just like <laughs> so it was all just like just like ruddy faced, like burly ass dudes. And they had the they had the the, the chili pepper mark next to them. Because they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Professor Smith, he can he can put down a whole thing of ghost peppers. Yeah, this the annual rate my professor chili eating contest <laughs> chili cook off <laughs> yeah but no so uh beth ann mclaughlin obviously had a problem with this and she started this campaign to get them to remove the chili pepper and uh apparently they have so she was like well change known for... we can change we can believe in real <laughs> tangible change <laughs> like, exactly folks, yeah yeah yes we can <laughs> <laughs> 
So she's like well known for this um, in in this field that these are like her her issues that she advocates for. Um, but there are some problems with her organization. Uh, we'll come back to them later. But uh, over the past couple years, uh, McLaughlin faced mounting criticism after Me Too STEM volunteers left the organization, complaining of mistreatment and a lack of transparency. Um, so while her uh, organization was facing these accusations, the sciencing by Twitter account had always supported her and been like a vocal um, defender of, of Beth Ann. So, and, and th- thank God, I'm glad she had that person in her life. That, exactly. That, se- that, that separate other person who was <laughs> completely independent and, uh, you know, <laughs> a standalone real, real woman coming through for her girl. Certainly. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And, and I'm glad that we're doing an episode about it. Uh, finally, we're doing one about friendship. Right. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the account also was key in promoting a petition that called for Miss McLaughlin to be given tenure at Vanderbilt. Um, so <laughs> that, that's just, that's so tight. Like I, I I'm gonna make it. Like I'm I, I I'm gonna start a Twitter account that's very vocal in like me not having to pay my light bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like if you if you charge me for electricity, I will cancel you via this completely separate and unrelated Twitter account that has a lot of followers. Yeah, so uh, Beth Ann, she she was not given tenure in 2017, and she was uh, she believed and said publicly that uh, this was like a retaliatory um, decision because she had testified against a former Vanderbilt professor who was accused of sexual harassment. So she yeah. was like. You know, this like I, I should be given tenure. Uh, this decision was biased. Um, yeah, which I, 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 which I don't. And I'm sure that happens all the time. I'm not saying that's not what happened in her situation. Yeah. But it is funny. It's like, yeah, well, we were going to give you a ten, we were going to give you a tenure, but we noticed you're always on fucking Twitter. Like, and it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's almost like you're running two accounts, which is weird. But you know, <laughs> like, it's just it feels like we're going to give the tenure to the person who, you know, maybe doesn't have two t- uh, Twitter accounts on their phone that they're constantly <laughs> managing. Who's yeah. constantly inventing hashtags. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of teaching or research. <laughs> Sciencing Bai claimed to be a victim of harassment as well. That's like how they supposedly met. Um, She spoke very highly of Beth Ann as somebody who had helped her um, through that process because she said she was harassed like within her um, work as in the STEM fields. So um, she would often reach out to other victims of harassment and encourage them to go to Me Too STEM, Beth Ann's organization. In early June of this year, 2020, just a few months ago, uh, there was an article in the Harvard Crimson, which is the the Harvard newspaper. Um, Oh, I'm a subscriber, Kath. (laughs) (laughs) Who isn't these days? Yeah, 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 yeah. That and the journal. I just just tear right through them (laughs) every single day. Right? They come out daily, I hope. I I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) So the Harvard Crimson, uh, you must have read this one then. Uh, It... it, (laughs) published uh, an article about the history of Title IX sexual harassment complaints against these three anthropologists at the school. Um, I saw the link. I didn't click on it. uh, (laughs) So there are like these three professors that had racked up a ton of complaints and the the school was kind of sweeping under the rug. Um, After this came out, Sciencing By claimed to have been assaulted by one of them. 
she wrote, uh, by the way, her name, um, it is a, a pseudonym account. Like she doesn't use her real name, but the name she goes by is Aleppo or Alipo, A-L-E-P-O. Yeah. So if I say Alipo, that's, I'm referring to sciencing by. So she tweeted, um, about, uh, Gary Erton and Theodore Bester, who are two of the three professors. She said that, uh, Theodore Bester had assaulted her, and then she's also going to talk about Gary in this tweet. So she says, Gary is a dirtbag and routinely harasses students at conferences. Senior women took turns policing him to protect women. Bester, also tenured at Harvard, blamed assaulting me at a meeting on his alcoholism. He never apologized or tried to make amends. No one at Harvard did. Uh, she also says, I'm terrified about what he did to Native people on sites because these were anthropologists. Yeah, and yeah, the, she is again bringing up her identity as a native person um, to sort of further uh, draw together these two like harms that these yeah. people are doing. And, and, yeah, and she's, she's also she's also aligning herself with the victims, which is um, a, a good thing to do if you're actually a victim. You know, <laughs> if you yeah right. If the, yeah. Like, this is very, this is so unbelievably shady because, like, obviously, at this point, like, Sciencing Bai is not a real person. I don't think I'm spoiling anything yeah. by saying that. Yeah, yeah, and yes. oh, we take a drink so I can spit it out real fast. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, and so she's saying, like, this person assaulted me, and that can't be right because she's not real. So... To to be like you know I I'm I fear for native people because of what this man did to me. It's like well you're not like that doesn't make any sense. You can't yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like it's not like she's dragging an innocent person's name through the mud because there were documented cases of all of these people committing these uh you know instances of of sexual assault and misconduct. So like it's not like she's like making it up out of whole cloth, but that's still like. Doing stuff like that just totally undermines the legitimate instances of harassment that people have experienced. Be like, oh, no, but also me, me too. Like, when you're fake, when you're not a person, yeah, you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's uh, – it, it, it always sucks. It's like when people, like, attach themselves to, like, the things where there's, like um, – there's, you know, there's people actually out there going through this, you know, like, and they could use – like much different forms of assistance from you than you just pretending to be one of them or co-opting their struggle. Like, you know, again, like we were saying, like stay in your lane, like learn, learn where your, uh, you know, what your strengths are and how you can help. But when you do things like this, this doesn't hurt. This doesn't help anybody. It just hurts somebody. It hurts the people who've already gone through it. And it hurts anybody who potentially is going to go through this. It's going to delegitimize their claims, you know? Yeah. There's, there's a good quote in here that, that comes later where, um, someone is talking to Beth Ann and basically says like, look, you can either be like the face of this organization or you can be like the face of pain, the face of the victims, yeah. but you, but you can't be both at the same time. And yep. that's like kind of the problem is like, she wants so much to be like, Oh me, like this happened to me the, the I am, I am one of the victimized when if you haven't, if you aren't one of the victimized that completely, makes it harder for people who really have been victimized. Like that is not yeah. your best use. Like that yeah, is not yeah. doing advocacy work for those people. That is not uplifting their voices. It's speaking yeah. over them with your fake story. Yeah. yeah and, and it is arguably like it's, it's the least like you're not even putting in that much work. I mean, obviously this, this lady put a, uh, did put a, uh, enough work in to have a fake Twitter account, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, if you, if you're really, 
if you're going to be honest with yourself and be dedicated to a cause, you got to look at what level of work am I putting in? And if you're just lying about something that didn't happen to you, that's, that's so much easier to do than to get out and, you know, and, and, and petition or talk to people or go to a march or whatever the case may be. Like that's actually work. Like this isn't work. And if you have any like level of self-awareness, you know, you would realize that you're not even doing anything. You're just making shit up and talking over people. But unfortunately, the people who do this are the kind of people who don't have any self-awareness. Like, no, yeah, absolutely not. It's they're just they they've found a way to justify their like narcissism and their need to be the center of attention all the time. Which yeah. so then she uses this claim that she's been harassed and victimized by these Harvard guys to try to get the real victims of these Harvard guys to go to Me Too STEM. So she like starts reaching yeah. out to them and she says, uh uh it, the article says she claimed she had also had a Title IX at Harvard against Erton and uh, contacted victims with a sob story about how much she suffered while at the same time encouraging them to reach out to Beth Ann. So she's basically like, I'm one of you like trying to gain the trust of these people with a lie and then saying, yeah. you should reach out to this person. She really helped me. So yeah. It, it, which like also, it, which is again, just like, like a uh, super gross, but also like what, like, you know, me too. Stim, like it's like she just, she was trying to push that that her brand. You know, like right. She was like, oh, like yeah. And I, I, if you're out there and and you have uh, uh, claims to make to the public, don't sign to a major label. Go independent. Like you know, you don't <laughs> you, you don't need the the, the me too. Stim in your corner. Like you know, you have Twitter. Get out there and, and let your voice be heard. You don't need to to, to to posse up with anybody. I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, and like it certainly can be really helpful to go through an organization like that if it's an organization oh, yeah, can, that's yeah. well run. But yeah. Yeah. Like, it just seems like some of these people get so enamored with the idea that they're like a, a bold crusader that they forget to actually help anybody. <laughs> and that's yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes back to like the, 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 I don't know if it was a free episode or on the Patreon, but the Ugandan, you know, child hospital. Like, uh, the lady yeah. Out there. And yeah, it's like, you know, you could have just donated that money to train medical professionals in Uganda or you could have, you know, but it's, yeah, they, they, they need to be at the front of that. And same thing with with Sean King, you know, it's like, Hey, yes. you know, yeah. Ra raise funds, bring, uh, you know, attention to the movement, but let people who actually run, you know, journalism sites and shit, let them, let them run that. And, and you just stand off to the side. And I, I think it's like a give and take, like the people who are passionate enough to get into things like this and take leadership roles, like you, you, that, that requires a level of passion. And sometimes passion and competency, competency don't always correlate. Right. And yeah, it, 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 which is, you know, like if you're getting a label off the ground, like for like you know bands or whatever, that's one thing. But when the thing you're trying to do is help people who are being hurt, like that can be really destructive. Yeah, I mean, I the the Ugandan woman or the the white woman in Uganda is like such a perfect example of. So if you didn't listen to that episode, basically this white woman was like, "I'm going to go help sick children in Uganda," and she set up a hospital that she was working at despite not having any medical training. And it's like <laughs> you have to know you have to know what you're best suited to. Yeah. And like she was I like, think I about watch, I watch Chicago Hope every day for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. right? like, I watch every season of Grey's Anatomy and even Scrubs a bit. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, I think about this a lot in terms of like my like what my political beliefs are and how they square with what I'm good at. And it's like one thing I'm good at is like I'm good at being a mouthpiece because I'm a good communicator. But I also yeah. am uh, I also am too 
I'm not good at compromising with people and I'm not, I'm, I'm can be very argumentative about things I believe, which makes me a bad spokesperson. Like (laughs) it, it makes me good at sort of raising awareness for things, but it doesn't make me good at actually being in charge of them because I am not, um, I, I am not as good at collaboration as I should be. So like the things that like I do in my community that like, Uh, the political work I do in my community is I basically like only do things where other people are telling me what to do because I'm just like, I do not have the temperament to (laughs) to lead this and have people have a good impression of this organization. Like, like I'm doing a lot of mutual aid stuff right now. And it's like, uh, you know, I tweet about it and I say, Hey, you should get involved with this. But like, I would be a terrible spokesperson for it. So what I really do with the mutual aid group is I just do, uh, deliveries like I don't yeah. I, I do things where other people tell me what to do because yeah I'm just too prickly to be in charge of things and like you just have yeah. to know that kind of stuff you know yeah yeah like I, I I'm working you know, I'm helping the, you know they're doing construction right now this guy's trying to grow his company and he's always like hey man you should you know post about uh post about the the, comp- the company and like put out there for bids on Facebook or whatever and I'm like yeah I don't know the kind of people who are putting additions to their home I don't think are gonna be big fans of what I'm posting on the internet like, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I I don't want to be like, yeah, hey, you know, give us your hard-earned dollars so we can, uh, you know, put a, a, a deck on the back of your house. And, like, in the next tweet, I'm just like, yo, drag the president out of the White House and beat him to death in the streets, which I think I did say recently. And, like, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, yeah, if I was building an addition to my home, I may not want to read that. So, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta know how to separate yourself and, do, exactly. and you know, stay, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, precisely. Well, uh, Science Goodbye is uh, the next turn in this story – uh, she is really not going to stay in her lane. Um, <laughs> she's, some might say she's all over the road. Yeah. The next thing that happens in the story is that uh, Scienceing Bai gets sick. Um, she. Oh, no. Like like many fake accounts, she now has a fake illness <laughs> to struggle with. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I, know, I know she she I know she posted anonymously, but like this is the time when they're gonna start posting the uh, hospital bed photo. You look closely, and it's just like an iPhone cable, like yep. some other shit. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The the IV that's actually your phone charger. Like, yeah, yeah. no question. <laughs> um. So yeah, she she gets sick, and uh, what more topical uh, reason to get sick than COVID nineteen? So oh man, yeah, no, no, we're just going with the, the going with the crowd. Yeah, like I feel if you're gonna fake an illness right now, like yeah, obviously COVID's the go to. Everybody's doing it. It's hack. Say you have diphtheria. You know, like, <laughs> like, be like didn't eat enough citrus. Now I have scurvy. Like bad case of rickets. No, no, yeah, yeah, be original. I, I do feel like it really highlights how callous it is to fake an illness, though, to fake COVID-19, because it's like, this is something that, yeah. like, hundreds of thousands of people are, are suffering and dying with, and, like, how dare yeah. you, how dare yeah, you yeah, yeah. pretend? The, the, the one thing keeping me from faking it is that there's uh, there's social, um, ex- there's things that are expected of you if you come down with covid and so like I, that's why I as uh you know as a, a guy who has to lie to employers and things like that I, I would never use COVID because then it's like you can't like hey I'm sick <laughs> but hey I got COVID like oh well now you can't work for two weeks and we need test results not worth it right. don't lie and say you yeah. have COVID you can't like <laughs> if you're if you're faking COVID and then somebody sees you at the store or something like you're fucked yeah. you're sunk <laughs> man I. I burned in my memory would be the time I, I called out of Dairy Queen one time and I was just out, you know, just 
doing bullshit. I, I, I wasn't sick. And I passed my manager on Georgetown Road in Coppers Coat, Texas. Oh, and no. she just looked at me. And it like wasn't even like she just looked and kind of saw She looked and pointed. It was like I, I could tell she was yelling at me through her window. <laughs> <laughs> and we went by and I saw her the next day and I said, I had to go get medicine. Aw. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> medicine. Like, like, what kind of medicine? I don't know, lady. <laughs> just, the, None of your business. Yeah, yeah, I had to get a 24-pack of medicine. Get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she gets sick. Um, she And this is like, she is very dramatic about it in several ways. So she gets COVID-19 and she, her insistence. So I don't think I've mentioned this, but she allegedly um, teaches at Arizona State University, which, yes. again, makes sense for a Hopi woman like to teach yeah. it air like that's where hopi people live but like she said yeah. earlier she wasn't from there which is weird but anyway yeah <laughs> and uh also i, I we, we we speculated this on the attempted recording and didn't do any follow-up is i we believe that's manny, manny teo the man i teo uh manny teo's school was asu uh, oh, man, I did not look. Let me see. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, yeah, and I, and I never will. <laughs> but if that's funny, I, I think it was his school, and that's just funny because that's just a, a mark ass university. Like I guess, it's, yeah, it's it's the yeah. home of a lot of fake people. ASU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's have a, a staff and uh, faculty and student body photo of all the made up people at ASU, and it's just like <laughs> a, like an empty picture of the campus. And like, yeah, here we have here we have the uh, uh, Native American bisexual geologist. We have Manny, Manny Teo's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, she says she teaches at ASU, and uh, when speaking about uh, COVID, she keeps up this sort of advocate. Uh, type posturing because she says that um the reason she has COVID is because asu kept classes going into april and uh that's why she got sick she she says like you know the week after they closed campus she was in the hospital so she was like very big into like this is asu's fault like hold them accountable this is the reason i have covid um, yeah, and, and with, I, I wonder if there's any like, 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 cause you know, obviously like, again, not spoiling anything like this, this, this all made up. Like did, was ASU was kind of like a wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Like she had to, to create a backstory for a Hopi, a fake Hopi native American woman. So of course ASU is the school that she goes to because that's all she knows about native Americans is that they live in Arizona. And like, they, like, they, like, yeah, but then she was calling for them to like actively be held accountable and coming at them. Do you think there was like, some kind of beef between her and ASU? Like, did, like it's that, very, that I, yeah, it's really unclear because like, as we'll find out, like her, her basic facts about what was going on at ASU were wrong. Like ASU, yeah. they weren't teaching until April. They stopped classes in March and went all online. So like, she's like, you know, this, this egregious wrong that this university has committed is like not even correct. And it's a university that like, the woman behind this account doesn't seem to have any connection to. So it's unclear why she is like going so hard at ASU. Um, (laughs) Another thing I want to add about ASU too, as far as like fake people is that it's one of the biggest universities in the country. So it, I think it is also like a very convenient place to set this sort of drama because it's like, if people in these departments are like, I don't know who this is, they're not going to be as suspicious because it's such a big university. Yeah, yeah, it's not like they're at like you know like like Bard or some shit. Where it's just like, they're like, oh yeah, like I know everybody there. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a huge sprawling state school, right? Uh, and yeah, and I, with I, really big like research departments and stuff. And a yeah. lot of people sort of assumed like, well, like 
she might be intentionally changing some aspects of her uh like biographical information specifically so that she can't be located. So like maybe she says she's a professor, but really she's a research fellow or like maybe she says she does geology, but really she does biology or things like that. I, um, I'd like to imagine that every, uh, company state school entity, it's all one building and everybody knows each other, you know? (laughs) So I'm just like, yeah, like, I, whenever, like, whenever I meet anyone from Madison, Wisconsin, I ask them if they know my cousins, David and Daniel North. <laughs> it's like a couple hundred thousand people live in that city. And, like I've never had it. And I was like, oh, no. I'm like, they're twins. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, no, that you don't does not help. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, like, one of them, I'll describe one of them to you. And that's the other one too. But you don't know them. Yeah. And I will do that every time I meet somebody from Madison. And yeah, no hits yet, but holding out. <laughs> so uh, this account sciencing by, while they were dealing with COVID, they had a, a tweet go kind of viral about their symptoms. Um, so she wrote, I'm a college professor recovering from COVID and I'm struggling with sudden loss of secondary language fluency. If anyone knows someone studying cognitive impairments related to language deficits after COVID, can you let me know? Looking to read up on stress and language too. And this got think- 18,000 likes and six and a half thousand retweets. Solid numbers, solid numbers. Uh, it's, it's it's nothing like my Ted Cruz toilet paper tweet, but you know it's still good and I respect it. But uh, do you think that she said I'm I'm losing uh, secondary language competency so she could explain why she doesn't speak fucking Hopi? <laughs> Maybe that's a really good point. That's a really good yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, damn, yeah. See, the the reason I can't communicate in my native tongue is that I actually I got COVID. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just think this is really interesting because like, I, I just feel like like this account, obviously at this point it's run by Beth Ann, who is a scientist and making up a story like this is like scientifically very irresponsible because yeah, yeah. like these are COVID, like all of these side effects from COVID recovery are sort of emerging um, information. Like we don't know a lot about the long-term effects of dealing with covid and neurological problems are like starting to be something people are seeing and talking about they're relatively uncommon but like they are happening so yeah just to be like hey i'm struggling with this and then having a bunch of people retweet it like for further reinforcing that this is like a thing that happens with covid when this is a fake person is like very irresponsible i think like i just think that's so crazy and you're in the middle also we're we're in this we're in this pandemic that way too many people are trying to act is like like isn't even happening or is made up or is actively a hoax right and it's like you're just you're just giving all the dickheads i went to high school with one more thing to, to, to tweet at me about and just be like oh yeah well look this is fake and this is fake and like yeah man cannot stress it enough folks stay in your lane like people's <laughs> lives depend on it you know like accidents happen when you swerve lane to lane you see that's when shit gets reckless exactly uh, yeah. And so, like, now, uh, on July 31st, very sadly, Beth Ann McLaughlin, of course, no. is uh, reporting that Sciencing By has passed away from COVID. Oh, damn it. I know. God I damn it. They always get the ones you love, man. Uh, they do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I hope she's just up there in the big... Arizona State University campus in the sky running around <laughs> with Manny Teo's girlfriend. <laughs> so Beth Ann writes this eulogy for her on Twitter 
that knowing how she's bra- a, how brave of her. To do yeah. That, by the way. It, 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 the gall is unbelievable. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. knowing that this is a fake person that was made up by the person writing this, uh, eulogy is my like, new move for 2021 is to call gall bravery. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> be like, man, you've got a lot of nerve. Be like, yes, thank you. I am very brave. <laughs> very brave. So it's kind of long, but I just want to read it. Cause it's like so bananas. So, yeah. She says, uh, you know, she, she says that she's passed away from COVID and she says uh, she was a fierce protector of people. She let me take my shoulders away from my ears, knowing she was meaner and more loving than anyone else. No one has ever had my back like that. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what her students or my students who loved her will do. She made a million First Nations indigenous contacts for Me Too STEM. And I don't have a lifetime of goodwill or knowledge of everyone she helped. The last time I talked to her, she was trying to make sure that I got the Hopi bandana she'd sent me. She's in the dumb hospital checking on if I got a gift. Uh, <laughs> she's a dumb hospital? Yeah. <laughs> I Well, she was a professor. She should have been in the smart hospital. That's, <laughs> yeah, showing your cards a little there, Beth. <laughs> so it continues. Uh, who else is going to tell me that I'm not being strong enough, that the bigger fights are ahead, that I have to do better? Who else is just going to be there to call me out publicly for being soft on NIH and NSF? I don't know what those are. Science things, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she wasn't Don't nice. Go hard on him. <laughs> she wasn't nice. She was powerful and she worked so sticking hard. I wanted to go out there so bad when she went back into the hospital, but they won't let you in. She said she was supposed to get a Hopi talisman for health as a gift for me, but she ran out. The irony of running out of a health talisman. And then here's my favorite. So we have a Hopi bandana, a Hopi talisman, and then now... Uh, finally, we have, she changed so much of how I thought about advocacy and power. I don't want to fuck up Hopi tradition, but she wanted to get me a tattoo that matched hers that said, Itam Napyani, which translates in Hopi as do it yourself. So, <laughs> man, yeah, that is just, that, that is, that is the, like the triple lutz, like, or the, like, like, uh, of, just what a move, you know, like, saying, yeah. like oh, yeah, no, no, my, my dead Hopi friend who you who you can't speak with ever uh, insisted I get this tattoo. Right. So you so you <laughs> will let me into this drum circle right now. You know, just <laughs> yeah. Dragged out of a park. <laughs> just a, just like a real cultural appropriation hat trick. Just hitting everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I know I, I know my dreadlocks may seem in poor taste, but if you could just get a hold of my friend Jamal, his phone has died. But like, he'll tell you that he did them himself (laughs) (laughs) so she goes on like she also makes the point like please read her timeline she was forced by her university to teach and that's why she's sick like get in there and teach right now (laughs) (laughs) but like point again pointing like this is asu's fault that this woman is dead um so like this poor asu man what did they they didn't didn't do anything to deserve this (laughs) i know and it's like we'll hear from the fallout like this had like real consequences for people in like really upsetting ways because like yeah this this account had like a a profile on this part of twitter and so yeah when people found out that she had died like they were all like a lot of people were really sad even though they'd never met her like oh you know like i've had an online acquaintance die before and it's like it's sad and you you also want to know like what can I where can I like send like flowers or like who can I what can yeah. I do to like be in this person's community and like let their the people they left behind know that they were important, you know? So everybody's <laughs> trying to do that. And yeah, uh 
my friend Josh Dobb one time went and added every Josh Dobb he could find on on Facebook, and then like one of the the guys that had like really similar interests like Midwestern college sports and shit, and they talked all the time, and then uh, he would post stuff on his wall. And he started like not getting likes back. He's like, "What's going?" On? He looked, and the other Josh Dobb had died. Oh <laughs> no, like, that's so weird. <laughs> and he had been posting on his wall and like commenting on posts. And so this family who's already reeling just has this Josh Dobb account like posting oh on their God. sons. <laughs> and he's just like, "Hey yo yo, we put rock chalk Jayhawks baby or whatever." Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty uh, funny and sad, I guess, too. <laughs> I just feel like that would be a weird emotional thing to know, like, oh, the other Josh Staub died. Like, yeah, yeah. that's weird. It's <laughs> a weird thing to go through. Uh, yeah, you rush to Twitter, and like, it's like the Denzel meme, and you're like, oh, whew, I thought my Josh Staub died. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, she dies, and so a bunch of people start kind of trying to reach out to her people to, you know, express their condolences or whatever. Um, so after, after they find out she died, um, Beth Ann obviously, uh, it, it coordinates a, a zoom memorial for her. Cause we can't, you know, nobody can go anywhere. <laughs> so, uh, this account comes from the New York times. Um, after sciencing by death was announced, McLaughlin invited a mutual friend, Michael Eisen, who's another scientist at the university of California and others to a zoom call on Saturday that they expected to be a memorial attended by many people, including her former students. But there were just five attendees. And Eisen said that <laughs> McLaughlin said that only, uh, sorry, there were just five attendees. And Eisen said that McLaughlin was the only one who claimed to have met her in person. Uh, yeah, five people on, on the, on the zoom roll I call it a zoom roll. That's a, a zoom funeral. Uh, like that's just, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I've been on a couple zoom calls since like quarantine hit. But, like, like, if a lot of people attended, what would that look like? Would it be like a million tiny little squares? What happens? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I've done trainings oh, pretty, and job trainings and stuff with a yeah. bunch of people. That's pretty much what it looks like. It looks like a, a Jeopardy board, but it's all people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, which is like, and I do have Aleppo's mother here to speak, and she's like slides a National Geographic into frame. <laughs> it's like a Hopi <laughs> woman, and she's like, hello. Like, <laughs> That's what's, like, so weird is, like, it seemed like she barely tried. Like, Eisen said that even after just a few minutes on this call, he realized that this was not a person who existed. Um, (laughs) There was another attendee who talked about what happened, and she said that, like, she was really weirded out because she, you know, she knew Alipo from Twitter and, like, was sad that she died, but, like, they weren't close or anything. Yeah. And, um... Like on, she went to this like Zoom funeral and immediately like Eisen was like, "Hey, it's weird that there aren't that many people here." But then was further weirded out when uh, Beth Ann kept saying like, "Oh, like Alpo loved you. She was like reading everything, uh, reading all of your writing and stuff. Like you meant so much to her, uh, and she actually she's put you in her will." And this woman is like, what? Like, <laughs> how I, long do you stick around to see what you possibly got in the fake will? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give the conversation 30 minutes. Just kind of see where it Sure. Takes yeah. Me. <laughs> it's like, I'm starting to think this person's fake. And then I find out that there might be something in the fake will for me. And it's like, all yeah. right, I'm call, I'm calling your bluff. Like, tell me yeah, what yeah, I get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please say she left me her vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Which, but no, like, yeah, like th- this woman just says, like, this is clearly not true because, like, Alpo yeah. talked about how she had undocumented people in her family. And, like, if you have undocumented relatives, you're not leaving stuff to 
random people on the internet. You're leaving it yeah, to your family. Yeah. Like, yeah, this... I hope, if you got if you got documented relatives, you're leaving. I'm, I'm not leaving shit to people on the internet. You know? Right. Like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving my tweets, and you can have those. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't leave. Don't leave out the sun. It ruins the finish. But other than that, like, I'm keeping all my shit. <laughs> The other thing that made people very suspicious was this constant, uh, you know, call to like hold Arizona State accountable. Because the thing is, if you want to hold Arizona State accountable for this death, you have to find out who died. So like yeah. there were a bunch of people who were really upset about this, who then started looking through um, Arizona State information and like newspapers and stuff looking for a death announcement. But they couldn't find anything. And... It's like a big institution, but it's like if somebody died of COVID here, like someone would have said something. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's somewhere in one of their 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 you know uh, hallowed halls of of education. There's a list of the people that work there. (laughs) And like I, so I work at a university, and um, one of there was a faculty member who died of COVID, and they sent out like an all campus email to like tell everyone and and to give information about a memorial and you know like it they couldn't find any of that stuff for this woman so they're like this is weird then they look into the fact that like asu did close its campus in march not in april so that doesn't work who the hell have i been meeting with every week (laughs) i've been on the asu campus every day for the last three months uh I, i wonder like because Beth just seems like the kind of woman that would pull this, or Beth Anna, I'm sorry. And they're just like, hey, what was the name of the deceased? And she's like, wow, uh, why would you need that information? Like, oh, we just need the name of the deceased? And she's like, okay, a little problematic that you're asking for the name of the woman that died here. Like, she, am I the only one that sees this? She basically did do that. She So initially when this story came out and they talked to her for comment, she said, I'm not going to dox anyone. That's what she said. <laughs> Oh, go straight to hell, Beth Ann. What is wrong with you? And I, man, I mentioned this in the last one, but if you have like one of those like two name white woman farm girl names, you know, what I'm saying like you got step lightly in twenty twenty, you can't just go right. swinging around. Yeah, you can't just go Beth Ann and all over the place. Like you know, yeah, chill out. Yeah, Sadie Joe. You know, say like this is not your moment. You got to be careful. You got to be careful yeah, as a white yeah. woman with two first names. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not you know. Yeah, usually uh, s- s- scenarios aren't on on your side these days. I don't know. That's... <laughs> so, like, this also caused a bunch of problems for like faculty at ASU because they saw that this this stuff going around about how an ASU faculty member had died. So they they started calling yeah. all their friends. Like, is yeah, everyone yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah. And oh, like, it gave God. a lot of people like a scare of you know maybe somebody yeah. I, I know or work with has died and I don't know. So yeah. They eventually, like, find out, like, more stuff starts coming out that seems shady about uh, the existence of this person after they get all this information. People start being skeptical. Um, the there were, One scientist said that in 2019, uh, she had interacted with Sciencing by uh, when the account was advocating for McLaughlin's uh, tenure issue that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, they were messaging, and Sciencing by was like, oh, I'll give you access to this Google Doc. Um but when the professor got the invitation to the Google Doc, it was an invitation from Beth Ann's Google account, not Science yeah. and Buy's Google account. Just yeah, like, yeah, just make, make a fake email. Beth Ann, can you make a fake email, please? Jesus Christ. It That's takes two <laughs> seconds. Like, come on. Two, yeah. 
Yeah, people do it just to make like fake Twitter accounts on the fly to like retweet something like, you know, like funny or whatever, you know, like, yeah, you can do that. It's very simple. Another thing that I think is like particularly egregious is um, in late June, Sciencing Bai uh, asked her supporters to uh, donate to her. So she said she related this story that um, her dean of her school had been like racist to her. She said that her dean had asked her whether she'd taken a DNA test to prove that she was indigenous, which is like a very <laughs> offensive thing to ask uh, a native person to do. But yeah. uh, that's fucking made up because there is no yeah, native yeah. person. I just, like, <laughs> I just took a t- DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% fucking non-existent. Not like, real. <laughs> So, and and in response to this, she's like, I had a really bad day. I'm really pissed off at my Dean. I would love it if people could Venmo me some money so I can get a beer. Like, I just want to drink, (laughs) which is like, but because this is a fake account, she's like, Venmo Beth Ann and Beth Ann will give me the money so that I don't have to reveal my identity to people. Oh um, man, yo, that, 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 that is like, it's again, like it's like the triple crown of just like just doing all sorts of whack shit. She's a, uh, you know, uh, you know, like what they call it, like, like digital, digitally brown facing herself. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, she's, um, creating a, you know, like the silencing native voices, uh, essentially stealing from people, capitalizing upon, um, like mistreatment of native peoples to funnel cash directly to herself unabashedly. Like not even like, Oh, well I got to donate to this, this, uh, this organization and maybe I ran it poorly, but at the end of the day, my heart was in the right place. Like, no, this is just, straight up stealing in digital brown face like that's and and and, that, and doing it you know like off the backs of like of like suffering and racism saying like hey i experienced a, a, a an episode of racism today please help me out and it's just going straight to the vidmo of this white woman with two first names yeah like, fuck fuck all the way out of here you know i, I yeah i don't know where, where beth ann's at now uh but i yeah no remorse she's on the bad <laughs> list not a beth ann fan so also during this, when, when all this stuff is kind of coming out, people start looking at the pictures that Sciencing Bai had posted to her account, and they realized that all of them were stock photos, like very easily searchable. <laughs> it's um, like the, the Shutterstock fucking like watermark on it. <laughs> yeah. Like very easy to find. They should be like at the airport, and it would be like yeah. a professionally taken picture of a empty airport. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. my, my friend's... Uh, brother-in-law uh basically had to trick his adult family into thinking he or his, or his family into thinking that he was still attending church like as an adult on his own because it's very important to that family and they're like hey did you find a a, a nice church or whatever you know city he lived in he was like yeah yeah no i i did and they're like oh cool like what about it so he's, he's, he's like oh i'm there now and he sent a picture of this church and it was just like a, a google stock photo and my friend's <laughs> wife his sister just like but like sent him back the same photo that she found after Googling churches and I don't know, St. Paul where the hell the kid lives. And she like, she sent the picture back. She's like, this one? He's like, yeah, that's the one. And they're like, where, where is everybody? He's like, I got here early. Did they believe him? No, no, not at all. It's like immediately. They called him out like, right yeah. away. They're like, yo, like, uh, uh, not to use his name. They're like, yeah, bro, you're, you're, you're obviously lying to everyone. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, I mean, you, you leave the house saying stop going to church. So I, you know, I kind of had to get behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an unfair ask. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, eventually people reach out to ASU formally because they're like, hey, we can't find anything about this person. And ASU says, uh, we've been looking into this for the last 24 hours and cannot verify any connection with the university. 
we've been in touch with several deans and faculty members, and no one can identify the account or who might behind it. Who everyone's might be friends, behind it? Everyone's friends are still alive. <laughs> so yeah. We're doing, yeah, we did a we did a head count, and everybody's here. Yeah, I mean, they're like we've had no one, uh, no family members or friends report a death of anyone at the university. So they're like, this is fake, basically. I um, wonder if anyone used the death of Aleppo. Like someone who like you know, like so an old girl's lying about this person you know dying or even existing, and then like you know she's like oh my god this person passed away like I wonder if anybody else was like oh guys due to due to Aleppo passing like they they just piggybacked onto it too and like she just had to know that person was full of shit like like yeah right. I'm not gonna make it in. like I'm oh, not gonna I'm... make it in today exactly like I'm so broken up about this I can't get my work done <laughs> that'd be so tight to do it to Beth Ann if like I don't know you're a colleague of hers and Beth yeah. Ann would hit you up like hey where's that report that's gonna be on my desk be like oh man I am uh, I'm gonna be late with it just cause uh, you know with Aleppo passing <laughs> Aleppo is helping me and uh... yeah <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, yeah Aleppo was supposed to I don't know where she, she I had given her all the files so they're on her <laughs> laptop so I need to get to that are you do you know how to get in touch with her laptop man that'd be so tight <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about, like, the motive behind this. Uh, so the epilogue to the story is that, like I said, Bethan first said she wasn't going to dox anybody, but she did eventually admit to, to this. Like, she said that it yeah. was her. And, you know, she basically was just like, I, I need help. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I did this. I clearly <laughs> have some issues to work I'm out. I'm fucking unraveling. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which is, like, kind of wild because it's, like, she had this account for four years. Like, it's not like this is a recent thing. Like, she kept this up for yeah. four years, which is fucking crazy. But anyway, <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit about, like, what her deal is and why why she might have done this. So, what is Beth Ann's deal? Yeah. I, I have a little bit of insight. So, going back to that organization, Me Too STEM, that she founded, which was, like... Again, uh, had had some problems, had like sort of waves of people um, leaving the, the organization, like people would volunteer and then they would leave because they felt like it was being mismanaged. Um, so in October 2018, which was like a few months after Me Too STEM was founded, uh, McLaughlin started kind of taking more uh, like autonomy of it when she wasn't really supposed to like she began making yeah. decisions without telling any of the other people involved yeah um, she, she just colonizing the fucking the b2 step she was yeah <laughs> and uh one of the one of the decisions she made without talking to anybody was to start a gofundme uh for me to stem gotta and, get the group uh, in on that you guys that's that's a group decision <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a pretty big one um yeah but she started this gofundme and like Obviously, again, we've been talking about how, like, this is a real issue. Like, this is yeah. something that is actually happening. And also, people who work in the STEM fields tend to make pretty good money. So this GoFundMe raised quite a bit of money. It raised $79,000. <sighs> Beth Ann. I know, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Beth Ann's colleagues were, like, feeling really weird about this. Like, they were already... Yeah already kind of uncomfortable with her like leadership decisions up until that point. And the GoFundMe made them particularly uneasy. The one um, they didn't know about, the one they got a notification, like you've been tagged in a post by Beth Ann. They open it up and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm being, I'm going to GoFundMe. You know? <laughs> like, that's... Right. Like they were just like, we don't really even know what this money is supposed to be for. Like yeah. we, we haven't, we like, we don't feel comfortable asking people for money without like outlining specifically how it will be used. And, and they did it. I'm going to really. get, 
Yeah, like, I'm going to give this money to a indigenous person of color who's in the queer community, my friend <laughs> Aleppo. So yeah. what are we, we're just gonna, I'm going to be the Venmo intermediary. You just run it through me, <laughs> and I'll give this $79,000 to Aleppo when I see her next month in Cancun. <laughs> 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 So she says she like Me Too Stem says uh, this money eventually went to providing free services for eighteen months for five hundred clients, which is like a lot of questions in that. Yeah, What's, what are what are services? What are we? <laughs> yeah, what are services? Who are clients? Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty shady. Um, yeah, it it never got like formally accounted for, and because I would of this, not imagine it did. yeah. Uh, and because of this, a lot of people ended up kind of leaving. Um, and like wh- while people were sort of in this process of like realizing that Beth Ann was not somebody they really wanted to be associated with, um, they started being a little suspicious of this sciencing by account. So there's uh, th- this reporting for about Me Too STEM mostly comes from BuzzFeed. And uh, this woman, Deanna Arsala, who is a PhD student uh, in Chicago, who was involved in Me Too STEM. She's a woman of color. And uh, she said that sciencing by would like talk about things um, relating to the organization that like only people who had been in leadership meetings with that included very few people would know. So it's yeah. like, how does she know this stuff? Like <laughs> this is very so, suspicious. Somebody who's just totally off the mark is like, she's telling Aleppo all the shit that happened at our meeting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was private, Beth Ann. I'm a little offended. <laughs> so Arsala left the organization in part because uh, she felt like as a woman of color, the white leadership did not prioritize uh, what, the people of color in the organization had to say there were a number of them that all left at the same time. And, uh, this happened like several times. And what would happen is like a bunch of people would leave and then a bunch of new people would join. And the people who are still in the organization would say like, Oh, this was just like an interpersonal problem. This wasn't like an issue. It was just like drama, you know? And that that gets, that gets painted like that a lot. You know, like I, like I, I mean, just like in communities that I'm in, like, you know, comedy or like the, like service industry, for example, like people will leave a place and go, yeah, that place, you know, that, you know, that bar or that, that restaurant or that manager is, you know, they're, pretty problematic and they're, and they're definitely like abusive or whatever. It's like, Oh no, that, that, that person just sucks. They're crazy. Like that happens all the time in so many organizations. It's a little frustrating. And I think it especially happens with women. Like oh, when it's that, that's who, that's who you hear about. That's a, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and like when it's women having disagreements with other women, it's always yeah. painted as like, Oh, well this is just jealousy or like a personal problem or whatever. Like it's never, yeah. It, it's like, oh, well, if two women are arguing about this, you're never going to get to the bottom of it because there's women are inherently unreliable. <laughs> like, it's yeah. pretty much like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah, I just I'm, remember going through this a lot in comedy where, like, there'd be a woman who was, like, really awful to all the other women in the scene and all yeah. the other women would be like, hey, this person sucks. And all the men would be like, oh, you girls are just catty. And it's like, yeah, no, this yeah, person's yeah. like awful to us. Like yeah, they're not yeah, cool. Yeah, like, no, she's a cool <laughs> chick. She's like, I like her. She, yeah, she, <laughs> man, and, I, I, I was, I, I remember like when I, when I was, uh, I was talking with my, my ex one time and I was explaining how I've always had better experiences with, with female managers. I just, mm-hmm. I get along with them better. I think, you know, especially cause I used to work a lot of sales jobs. Uh, I'm not really that down with like too much dude culture in the first place. And then sale dude culture, 
I'm not like yeah. I'm here to make my commission check. But I was mentioning this to my ex one time, and I was like, "Yeah, I've always got better uh, along with women or female managers. I think they just you know do better at it." And she just like called me. I just said, "No, you don't like women's management style. You were just raised by three older women in the same house, and so you know how to make trick them into like thinking that they're your son, you're their son or whatever." Like, yeah, that's what like, yeah. She's like, yeah, you don't, yeah. She's like, yeah, you just you just like that. You, you can manipulate it. I was like, what? No. <laughs> I had to think about it. I was like, is that it? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, everybody's, that's always a part of it. Like, that's always yeah. a part of why people like working together is because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- yeah. I mean, I, and I will say, shout out to my ex. I mean, she was uh, very rarely wrong with her direct and deep criticism. Of the, she, was, she had her number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew what the fuck, she knew who she was dealing with. That's for sure. <laughs> but that's like pretty much what uh, these people said. Like they said, uh. Uh, let me find the quote. We misunderstood the complaints of former volunteers as interpersonal disputes. We yeah. deeply regret this and are focused on making amends. However, by far the person who has done the most harm is Beth Ann McLaughlin herself. We resigned <laughs> in part because of Beth Ann's refusal to be accountable for the pain she's caused to others and to us. It is yeah. unconscionable and cowardly that a leader of this movement remains silent when there are so many people suffering because she will not take responsibility for the damage she has caused. Yeah. So I can't stress this enough. If you're, if you're advocating for a group of people, like, like it, it helps to listen to them. Like and actually ask them what they're, what's going on. Don't be a Beth Ann. Yeah. So I guess like I'm saying all of this to say like this statement from these people came out like in late 2019 <laughs> And it seems very convenient that uh, all of a sudden this sciencing by account, a staunch ally of Beth Ann, yeah. is suddenly a Native American woman. Yeah, Na- Native American queer stem, uh, you know, it, it just, yeah, it just invented, like, invented a, per- a, fr- a friend of color out of thin air to be like, oh, yeah, if I'm racist, then why am I friends with a Hopi woman? Yeah, it's an obvious and- ploy. And it's interesting, like, I just want to end this talking a little bit about, like, how this is, like, a crazy story, but it is also, like, very rooted in white people's uh, history with Native Americans. Like, we were talking about earlier about how, like, white people claiming to be Native is, like, a super common thing. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of reasons for that that are kind of interesting here. So, like, the first thing I want to say is um, that, like... They in the in the articles I read, um, the people writing them interviewed a few native academics in various places, and they basically said like the fact that she thought she could get away with this is like really crazy because native people are like two percent of the U.S. population. They've been completely genocided, and so yeah. it's a very close knit community, and especially like within academia. Um, like the this woman Kim Tallbear who works she works in Alberta she's a, an academic she says uh, there are only a couple of degrees of separation between all of us it just tells yeah. me that she didn't know anything about the native world that they thought that she thought she could create this person particularly a Hopi scientist at Arizona State and not get caught um, yeah it, it, yeah it's like the level of arrogance there like like it's being like you know oh I can, I, I can dupe this entire community that has formed these deep interpersonal bonds like in the face of persecution like they just haven't met me yet about I, I can pull the wool over there I was like no these are thinking reasoning you know intelligent people and like you're you're not nearly as smart as you think 
Right. And like, they're not, they're going to sniff you out because they're going to be like, oh, do you know X, Y, and Z? And you're not going to yeah. know them and you're going to be screwed. So yeah. another, another person, um, an actual Native American researcher at ASU, whose name is Marissa Duarte, says like, this is particularly offensive because of how badly COVID has ravaged the Native American community. Like, yeah. particularly in Arizona and the Navajo Nation, there are like in Arizona, New Mexico, there are like such high rates of COVID infection in those communities, like higher than I think any state. Like if the Navajo Nation yeah. were a state, uh, they would have the highest rates of infection. Like it's a really serious problem. So yeah, sh she's just saying like, this is really offensive because like the actual, in the actual native community, like almost everybody is mourning somebody already. So to pretend yeah. that you're a native person with COVID is like extra offensive. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say was also uh, from Kim Tallbear. I just want to read this quote because I think it's like a very, it, it kind of put this into a different perspective for me. Um, she said, this faking being native has a long history of being tied to the actual theft of resources and land. Uh, the fact that this woman thought she could get away with this tells you how little she understands about the actual state of affairs for native people in the United States. Yep. So just this idea of like claiming to have native blood as a way to get material resources if you're white is like hundreds of years old in this country. Like people yeah, have been yeah. doing that since before the U.S. was a country. Like, yeah. And, and even still to these days, like trying to get on tribal roles so that you have like a stake in the casino and stuff like that. Like people are still doing that. And yeah, it's like yeah. being native has like very little material benefits if you are actually native. Like re yeah. reservations are some of the poorest uh, and least sort of served places in this country but if you're yeah. a white person and you want to skate in there and uh you know get some clout like that's been happening forever yeah it's it's it's, it's like like one of the you know, one of the oldest tricks in the book yeah and it's 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 crazy like it, it, yeah there's no reason to like there's no reason to fake like native ancestry like it, very little reason i would say outside of just personal gain you're taking resources from people who like who you know can, can very you can use those resources a a lot more than you can you know like it's just things that they're very underserved communities and yeah like there's no other reason other than just sheer like you know sheer greed and malice to do that and uh and, and it's it's not anything new right so like i just thought that was so interesting because like i think of this as such a strange anomalous story of somebody who clearly has some problems but yeah. at the same time it's like Yes, it is a person who probably has some problems, but they are acting in total accordance with white supremacy. Yeah. And like the way that they are acting out this clear like mental instability that they have <laughs> is to enact racism. And I just yeah. think that's yeah. like that I, I feel like we separate those issues way more than they need to be. Where it's like it's the same thing yeah. with like with shooters and stuff where it's like Yeah. Is this uh, is this a gun problem? Is this a mental health problem? Is this like a toxic masculinity problem? And it's like it's all of it. It's all yeah, of those yeah, things yeah, work yeah, together. Yeah. yeah, very few things just have one sole cause. You know, like, like if, that, if that was the case, we'd figure a lot more shit out. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I, li I like to think that there's like maybe two to three mythical white people out there who are um, 
pretending to be Native American for just like like no benefit to themselves, and they live in vans and they're just super chill. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, it's theoretical. I don't know that that person exists, but I like to think I want to believe trucking around the Great Plains, yeah, in a fucking old VW <laughs> van is some white guy with like a Native American headdress on who is pure of heart. <laughs> Perhaps. But yeah, I, I, yeah, that's uh, that's the story of of sciencing underscore by. So if you saw that float past your Twitter timeline, now you know. Now you know the details. Yeah, I, I saw it. People were asking us to do it, and um, I, I, as a service to the fans, I was like, I'm not going to do any research whatsoever. I'm going to remain completely ignorant about it. And uh, so you're welcome <laughs> that I did that. But yeah, no. Um, at this point, if you're just listening, this is kind of a popular a popular topic, and so you just popped in to hear this one. We usually at the end of an episode discuss uh, was was the crime worth it. Like, you know, in, in, in whatever capacity. This one um, I, barely warrants the discussion, but obviously not worth it. Don't do it. This wasn't worth it for anybody. wasn't worth it for Beth Ann. wasn't worth it for any of the people she affected. So I would say big not worth it. Yeah, clearly no. Like, yeah. not even really for any financial gain. Like, not worth it. Yeah, if you're going to create a fake Twitter presence, it, it should only be uh, if somebody posts a photo or a video and then you make a Twitter account as like you're one of the people in the video. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like, that's good. Guy, you should do guy that. In pink, yeah, guy in pink hat. Like this one chick was like posting a picture of this dude was uh, walking down the street. And, like she's po- posing for a selfie. And this dude's like, it looks like he's checking her out in the background. She goes, oh my God, this dude, what's this dude doing behind me? And like somebody made an account as that dude. And they just like, yeah, retweeted that's great. Like, mind, yeah, mind of my damn business. And like, and like that's, yes, do that. That's the only kind of good uh, fake Twitter account. That's allowed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely not worth it. Wow. What a, what a wild story. So Beth Ann, is she just did, uh, is she just removed from the public scene now? Is she just, I think st- so. I mean, like she wasn't teaching anywhere because she left Vanderbilt after she didn't get yeah. tenure. And this is such a recent story that I don't know if like if she's going to face any consequences like this happened so recently that I I don't know what's what's going on with her. But I can't imagine she'll get hired to teach anywhere. I cannot imagine. And I also like I, I, you know, like obviously I'm 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 sure it's it's not wild, uh, wildly wild to think about a. Uh, somebody getting denied tenure for a retaliatory response to them speaking out against abuse. However, I was willing to bet that Beth Ann McLaughlin probably was denied uh, tenure at Vanderbilt for very, you know, like, like legitimate reasons. Because being just seems a weirdo, like, yeah, being a fucking emotionally unstable weirdo, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and if you're out there and you're listening and you're and you are Beth Ann, please subscribe to our Patreon. You you, ha- you have to at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal, A-N-D. We do two bonus episodes a month, um, and then this is the one free one for the month. So we just implemented... Don't don't come at us asking for more episodes. (laughs) Well, we just implemented a Patreon goal. So when we get... We're at like $750 now, I think. $750 of of Patreon pledges. Yeah, we're there, yeah. Which we're very grateful for. Thank you so much if you subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much. That that has a very real impact on the, uh, on the, the our day to day lives, especially Absolutely. during COVID. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we crumbled. when we get to a thousand, uh, we are going to go weekly. We're going to do two free and two bonus episodes a month. So yes. pledge. Uh, you'll be helping everybody out. It's a benefit everybody uh, can uh, get, even if they don't pledge. So if you don't pledge, yeah. get your friend to pledge. It'll still help you out. Yeah. Um, we- we really appreciate that. And the money the money goes to good use. I swear we only do cool shit with the money. Like we do like we pay rent and we like, we eat lunch and it's it's so tight. So Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's go, going to a very good place. 
Um, yeah, so I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive that comes out once a week. We have a Patreon for that as well, so check me out there. Uh, I'm Kath Barbadoro on social media. Pat, what do you have to plug? Uh, I have absolutely nothing coming up. Um, tons of free time. Please hire me. Also, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at PZTX, P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X, and, uh, that's what I got, uh, these days because the world has stopped spinning, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be safe out there. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, Wear a mask. Don't go outside if you don't have to. And uh, don't get caught. Don't get caught, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Bye.